0: Welcome to Living on the List. I'm your host, Matt Duhamel. This is a brave and personal podcast about individuals and families living on the sex offense registry. Thanks for joining me. Lisa is with me today on Living on the List. Uh, Thank you so much, Lisa, for joining me. I appreciate your time. I know this is going to be a a, a tough conversation for you, but um, how are you today?
1: I'm well, I'm well, and I'm excited to talk about it, actually. It's, oh, it's not good. a It's not a fun subject, but I'm uh, very much an activist about this and uh, involved, and so I want people to hear about the experiences that I've had as a mom.
0: Yeah, and we're, and we're talking about a mother, but we're also talking about a mother who uh, had a son that was incarcerated, uh, and the infamous day... You were telling me off off air is November second, twenty seventeen. Would you say that's the worst day of your life and your son's life?
1: Uh, well, probably the day that they led him away was the worst day, but yes, I was. I happened to be up uh, in northern Wisconsin, which is where I'm from, where we're from, and I'll be open about that. And I was with a bunch of friends for Girls Weekend, and I get this phone call from my son, and I knew immediately something was wrong. He said, Mom, I think I'm in trouble. And I'm like, what, what? He says, well, I had some bad pictures on my computer. Mm -hmm. And I, I knew right away what he was talking about. I mean, I just, I think moms think for the worst all the time. Anyway, but and I did, and I was right. And um, we, I immediately came home. I, I couldn't function. I cried the whole way home. I just knew we were in trouble. And uh, you know, he didn't talk to anybody. He got a lawyer, and then we basically waited for them to come arrest him. And that was another bad day because I was at work and I got a phone call in that morning and it was early and I heard scuffling and I heard voices shouting and it turns out that they had um, they had come and arrested him at his house. Grabbed him out of bed. and Like
0: FBI coming in the house with exactly, guns and everything. Exactly. Four individual. Four uh, individual
1: pictures. Exactly.
0: And so he had four of these photos. Did he go to a, uh, did he plea out or, or a bench trial nope. or
1: something? They would not offer a plea deal at all. So they kept all four counts. They kept, uh, there were actually seven and they, uh, you know, I don't know how that works, but four were read in. I guess. And so he was convicted of the four counts. So let me, let me just get this right. Okay. So I I
0: have a hard time believing. I mean, no, I believe you. I just, it's, it's just crazy what I'm not condoning anything for photos, um, that were considered sexually explicit by the court. Um, and he's been placed with, with, uh, an ankle monitor and lifetime probation. Is that right?
1: lifetime registry registry. He's got, uh, he's got eight years additional. He was in prison for four Mm -hmm. and then he's got eight on paper, you know, with the PO and, um, lifetime on the registry.
0: Okay. So if anyone listening out there, you have one, I hope you don't, but if you have one illegal photo of a minor, uh, in some jurisdictions and States that could be five years in prison.
1: It could be, yes. yeah.
0: Yeah, it's, it's like there's a mandatory minimum, I think, of, of a federal situation. Where, In our state, yeah.
1: it's three, and he got four. So they wanted to throw the book at him and get, I think, um, what was it, seven years? It's it's kind of all over the board. It seems like to me. I yeah,
0: and and I've talked to a lot of people, a lot of stories, a lot of parents, a lot of people on the registry. It is all over the place, and that's why I'm just like shocked. Like, wait, this person over here got this for that, and it's like, is there any balance? I mean, it's it's crazy. But I mean, how does that make you feel as a mother? You know your son better than anybody else, uh, and and the the public seems to think that he is a, a monster. scary monster. How does that make you feel?
1: It makes me feel defensive and it upsets me Uh, where he's living now. He's lucky we've he's in the country and he's got two neighbors. So I don't know how far the notification thing goes, if it's a two mile radius or what, but I know we've got two neighbors that are close. So I know they know and, now they they won't wave, they won't look at us. Um, you're reading
0: his charges, but you're not understanding or seeing the situation and right. Um, the, but I don't even up, you know?
1: I don't even think that people necessarily look at the charges. You know, they think sex offender, they think guy in van with candy, stranger danger, you know, alert, alert.
0: Yeah, it is. And I'm I'm reading right now. And, you know, the, we talked about Stranger Danger and I looked up, when did that start? You know, we had the hysteria, the media hysteria of Stranger Danger, starting in the late 70s, early 80s. And then moving into the 90s, we had the sex offender registry. We still do, of course. And it's like set the stage for everything that we're seeing today. Um I'm reading here in 1982, CBS Evening News, went on on you know on TV and, and informed terrified adults that up to 50,000 American children were being kidnapped by strangers every year. I don't know if that's true or not. I, I'm not going to look at it, but it, it just kind of you know started the the whole hysteria and panic. Proponents of it of the registry say that people like myself that they deserve it. They um, they need to be. Uh, They need to be on a, a bulletin list so people can know where they live and all that stuff. I mean, do you think that is, obviously you don't think that's fair,
1: right? I don't think that's fair at all. I mean, someone can murder somebody. They get out of jail after they do their time. They don't necessarily have to wear an ankle monitor or have all these restrictions. You know, he's got restrictions on how close he can be to a park. Mm-hmm. And for instance, I live across the street from a park, so he could not live with me. His dad, uh, the town he lives in, has an ordinance, so he couldn't live with him. And this is just making it impossible for people to find places to live. And uh, it's it's ridiculous. It, it really is. And But I don't know that it'll ever go away.
0: How is he handling the situation? And I'm sure that stress is affecting you, of course.
1: Yes, he's actually doing very well. Um, we've been lucky compared to other people because we did uh, find a place for him and um, he, he got a job. Uh, his employer knows about it, but it's like they say, a felon-friendly employer. So he's kept it under his hat what kind of felony it was, but nobody's so far asked. And he hasn't gotten any flack about it or kickback um, at work. And other than the neighbors that won't look our way uh, by his house, um, he doesn't have that. I think that... Parents look at me like, oh, you know, your son's a sex offender, if they find out, which most of my friends and family do know. Um, But I feel like asking them, you know, what if the tables were turned? I know you think your son is perfect, but what if you got that call? How would you feel about it? What would your opinion of sex offenses in the registry and how how would that change? And I think a lot of people's opinions would change if they got past the stranger danger guy in the van thing.
0: Well, do they look at you, Lisa, like, Oh, something's wrong with you because your son's a sex offender.
1: I really haven't run into that. Um, Everybody has been very supportive of me but I have reached out to a number of um, other moms and wives, family members. Um, you know, I've, I've been very active with uh, NARSAL and uh, United Voices. And there's so many different um, people out there fighting the registry. It's hard to keep track of them all. But I um, have been in contact with a number of people just you know, sharing stories. And they, though, have been very afraid of letting people know. Um, I have one mom, she's a teacher. She's a very good friend of mine now. And uh, she, her son got, I believe, 10 years. Uh, She doesn't tell anybody
0: it's horrible that you guys have to like, as parents, moms and dads and stuff, you have to go through this and like, Oh, what are we going to tell Barbara? What are we going to tell John? You know? I mean, they're going to, and and that brings me up to actually a question. When I was incarcerated, my mom and and family, they were, they didn't know what to tell my other relatives. Like where's Matt? What's Matt been doing? And they would just say, "Oh, he's busy working,
1: and he's in, lives in another state." You know, I would have friends that I hadn't seen for a while who didn't know. Ask, "Oh, I have two sons." It generally would happen when you're in a group of people at a party or something. Somebody you haven't seen in a long time asks you about your kids, and you know the the thing that I'm finding hard is all my friends' kids are getting married and having grand giving them grandchildren and i don't know that that's ever going to happen
0: oh that's 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 another yeah that's another kind of a subject to this whole thing is the day i just talked about that actually on another a youtube video but like dating and stuff and marriage with the sex offense and it is like insanely difficult and um what advice do you have for other parents listening other moms and dads that may be going through a similar situation. What can they do to kind of lessen the burden of a child, son or daughter, because it does happen to females? Um, What advice can you give them?
1: I would just say to keep loving them just the same as you did before. Uh, Forgive them and um, move on as best you can. Um, I have found that being involved is therapeutic for me to try to do something to change the way things are. Um, And I've talked to other people too, who have said that that's rather therapeutic to feel like you're making a difference or um, now I know that's not, everybody. Not everybody wants to do that. I know there's a lot of people out there who want to just hide in their house. And I guess I would say too, that there are a lot of people like you reach out um, and, and find some kindred souls that you can lean on because they're out there and they're all looking for the same thing.
0: Yeah, there is a lot of support. Like you mentioned, there's a lot of groups. And as this happens to more and more people and more people get on the registry, more families are affected. And there's more support. There's more people involved. There's more organizations and advocacy groups. Uh, so that's, I have found that as a big support for myself too, as someone on the registry. Okay, so I got to ask you a tough question. And I uh, do, are you worried that it's going to happen again?
1: I am not I think it scared the bejesus out of him, and I. He is also doing counseling. He has to be in a group uh, counseling situation, and he's finding it extremely helpful. You know, to define where this all came from, why did this happen, and they also talk about uh, how to be safe and you know have a plan. Um, to not ever get in that situation again, um, you know, it's really been helpful for him. So I am not worried about it. I am not. I really am not.
0: This has definitely affected your life. And you mentioned that you look at stranger danger completely different um, before it happened. and, And now, how do you think that's changed?
1: Oh, when my kids were little, I bought into all of that. I mean, it was so prevalent. Um, you know the messages that were coming out to parents to watch out for their their kids, and that was right during the time when I had little kids. So, I thought oh, those monsters out there, there's they're everywhere, and it's not the case. It's not and there's so many statistics about how the registry is not, not helping. Um, you know, they worry about recidivism and these guys going back and doing this, getting out, going back out and doing the same thing. And the, the statistics are not reflecting that at all. I hope to move forward with some of my activism and, um, you know, maybe get some things changed. I'd love to see him get that monitor off um, and lead a little bit less of a restricted life. I see him being there probably for the rest of his life because um, it works. Unless they build a school next to him, he's in the middle of a cornfield kind of. So,
0: you know, I hear that from a lot. It's like, it's it's kind of a sad thought, like oh, he's way out of nowhere. He lives on a farm with no neighbors, and and so the public, who are for this registry, and there are many, um, are getting their wish. They're pushing out people on the registry to the outskirts of town, to different, you know, in the middle of nowhere.
1: What they don't realize is they're also putting people in a situation where they have no place to go. They live under bridges. I can't even wrap my head around that. But I know we're lucky that we have a place. So we looked and looked and looked. And um, the PO uh, was... Was nixing everything because, uh, you know, it's 999 feet away from a daycare down the street oh or whatever. I had an offer in on one house and my realtor was going to deliver it at noon. And they told me at the very last minute, nope, he can't live there.
0: Well, that is amazing that he has support from you. I mean, that is that is crucial for anyone getting out of prison, sex offense or not, having family support and and things like that. I had that, um, so I I don't know where I would be if it wasn't for uh, my family support. And I mean, my friends, pff, you know, I had some old friends. I you know they they're in different states. I haven't talked to them in years. Uh, um, I don't really have any friends. I have acquaintances and business partners and things like that. But friends? Yeah. He
1: has he has one good friend who stuck by him. And, you know, one good friend is worth a million bucks to me. This guy is just so supportive of Ryan. So we're lucky that way, too. Um, so, you know, you had asked what I would say to parents. And I guess, you know, stick by him. And, um, you know, look for silver linings everywhere you go.
0: Do you think anything good has come out of this entire experience?
1: I think that he and I are much closer than we ever were. And he grew up a lot. Um, I mean, it's, it's amazing the, the change and I'm not saying like, oh, he's a hardened criminal now, or, you know, he's uh, you know, worldly wise, because of being in prison. Um, but he turned into he did turn into a better person, I think.
0: That's good. I mean, I wish it was a different way that he could turn into right. a better person, uh, but, Right. But I but wouldn't it, it recommend
1: happen. it to anybody <laughs> to say, okay, you're going to prison for four years. And when you come back, I expect you to be You know, grown up, mature. Well, before
0: I let you go, Lisa, I do want to mention, I don't know if you want to talk about it. I know it's still in the early development stages, but you're doing a podcast soon.
1: Yes, I actually had started with the idea of collecting the stories because I'm in contact with a number of moms, wives, girlfriends, not kids yet i but they have stories to tell to the children of registrants um but the registrants themselves and i have so many stories and i wanted to put them in the book it seems like a good way to uh you know get some of these messages out to people who you know subscribe to the uh, channels that's you know uh broadcasting this type of content well if you if anyone listening
0: to the podcast or watching on youtube or wherever you can contact me and then if you're interested on being on this show but you can also be on lisa's show coming up you know i'll i'll share some information between us okay if i get anyone contacting me
1: awesome that would be awesome
0: lisa anything else that you want to say to um our listeners today
1: no, not to about? your listeners, but to you, Matt. I am so happy to have this chance to talk with you about this and, and get some of the word out and, um, you know, let other parents know that they're not alone. So I really appreciate the opportunity to talk.
0: Yeah. Thank you for advocating and thank you for, you know, supporting your child through a very difficult time. Um, I say the worst is over because it is. I really believe that. And the same for me. It's just, we've got to navigate this registry the best we can and, 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 you know, live our life the best we can in social situations. I know it's tough, but it's almost like you just have to say, if someone doesn't like me, oh, well, they're lost. It sounds like a cliche,
1: Right. But, you know, and that's another thing that I think is, you know, he accepted himself and, you know, he doesn't look at it that these people don't like me anymore. These people are looking at me. He he knows he's a good guy and it doesn't matter what other people think. And it's hard to get to that point, but I think we're there. We've just...
0: I, I, again, I really appreciate you being on the show and I, let's keep in touch because I want to hear about your podcast. Maybe you can have me on your podcast.
1: Yes, Uh, (laughs) that would be awesome, Matt. Love to have you. So thank you. Okay. Thank you, Matt.
0: I'm your host, Matt Duhamel. More information about this podcast can be found at livingonthelist.com. And remember, your future is too important to be held hostage by fear.